2: get onto my cloud. As I've mentioned on one or two occasions before, one of the questions I'm most often asked, at least by those who have a vague idea who I am, is, are you working on anything right now? Which seems to me to contain the unspoken subtext, obviously not, poor bloke, which is, I suppose not an unreasonable thought, as I haven't had a new blockbuster musical open in the West End or Broadway for quite a while. However, in some respects, right now, I seem to be busier than ever, which in part explains why I haven't posted a new Get Onto My Cloud podcast for a couple of months. Of course, the podcasts themselves, which I began when lockdown started back in the dread year of our Lord 2020, have taken up a fair whack of my time since then. But from March that year, until the beginning of this year 2022 I didn't really go anywhere social events were few and far between and there was plenty of time to churn out a weekly ramble through past exploits in the past few months things have got back to normal kind of and work particularly work that involves travel has returned with a vengeance i don't know whether to be pleased or annoyed by this in february 2022 as i revealed i believe in podcast 59 I made my first trip abroad for two years when I went to Lisbon, Madeira and the Canaries on a cruise. This was, of course, a working cruise. For some time now, I've been presenting a greatest hits kind of show on seaborne ships. It's me, plus four excellent singers, two guys and two girls, and a tight band under the control of Maestro Duncan War. In between the numbers, I tell the stories behind the songs and the shows from which they came. The whole thing lasts about 50 minutes to an hour. Unless I get carried away or sidetracked, I don't have a formal script. I don't have any script. And the magnificent singers get through 15 or so songs, most of which are pretty well known, certainly to the generation that loves cruises. I wasn't sure if I would love cruises, but after my first stint on one of the classy seaborne vessels, I found I did. Especially since the seaborne ships are not massive floating blocks of flats, but more environmentally friendly, classy, but not three-quarters of the size of Hatfield Newtown. If I'm unable to do my Seaborn show in person, the lucky passengers get me on film. The band and singers are still live, but I've recorded all the links between the numbers, and while I've obviously never been on board when that version hits the waves, friends have reported that it worked okay. Whether with a live me or not, it does have the merit of being short, which reminds me of one particular piece of advice I always give to anyone insane enough to embark upon a career writing musicals. Keep it short. Every show is ten minutes too long. In fact, everything in life is ten minutes too long. The massive success of the marvellous musical Six is not solely down to the brilliant concept, excellent score and terrific performances. It only lasts just over an hour. If you want more, see it twice. But I digress. The trip to the Canaries and Madeira, the latter which houses a museum devoted entirely to Cristiano Ronaldo, a modest tribute to the great Portuguese footballer, kept me away from podcasting for two or three weeks. I didn't get back regularly onto the pod waves on my return, as I was flung immediately into three of my golden oldies, which are all very much alive and kicking. If you're fortunate enough to have written musicals which have proved successful there's always a great deal of work to be done on them in the years after their first appearance. New productions, film offers, which usually come to naught, requests for changes, rewrites, interviews, legal entanglements. So I still spend a lot of time with Joseph, Superstar, Evita and The Lion King. If you write musicals that are unsuccessful, or not quite as successful as you hoped, there's probably even more to do. Rewrites, a fresh launch, interviews except it's often you pestering producers and the media rather than the other way around. But if you feel a show hasn't realised its full potential and you really believe in it, then go for it. Since the world sort of got back to normal, I've been working almost full-time on three of my past shows. Aida, music by Elton. Chess, music by Bjorn and Benny. And From Here to Eternity, music by Stuart Brayson. Here's one of the highlights. One of many highlights, of course. Although if everything is a highlight, can anything be a highlight? Anyway, from the original London cast of From Here to Eternity, recorded shortly after it opened at the Shaftesbury Theatre London in 2013.
1: I quit taking orders from the GHQ Where there ain't no understanding of my point of view I strut like a rooster to the heart of town but my sense of direction don't let me down I got the ain't who I wanna be Ain't where I wanna be blues
0: I move in the shadows where the goons don't go Keep my hands to myself, my profile low A mixed higher class but I came unstuck A fish out of water, I'm a stone dead duck I got the ain't who I wanna be Ain't where I wanna be blues Where well, were well, the women in this grand design? They never rolled down the assembly line. A hot kitchen mama bought her grits were cold. I ain't reenlisting for a pot of gold. I've been walking all slowly down a gravel track. My past and my future in a gunny sack. A man's ambition is a losing game. A fight card trick and a crying shame. I I wanna. is a losing game
2: Where I Want to Be Blues, From Here to Eternity, Robert Lonsdale as Private Pruitt and Darius Campbell as Sergeant Warden. After Eternity's West End six-month run, Stuart Brayson and I were approached by Brett Smock, who runs a very successful annual drama festival in upstate New York. Brett loved the show and produced and directed it twice in New York and then in Maine at the Ogunquit Theatre. It was well received and we learnt a good deal about its strengths and failings. We then had a workshop in New York City, which attracted considerable interest, but no Broadway theatre owner came forward, offering us their playhouse for an unlimited run. Or even for a limited run, frankly. But our confidence remained undimmed, and enthusiasm flowed back across the Atlantic, where the young, successful producer Katie Lipson, head of ARIA Entertainment, agreed to present the New Rook show in London, directed once more by Brett Smock. Stuart and I have written a couple of new songs, and the book's been tightened, and the storyline made clearer. An excellent cast has been assembled, and we open at the Charing Cross Theatre under the Arches in October for a two-month run. Who knows where it will go from there, but I have a great belief in Stuart's talent, in Donald Rice's work on the original book by Bill Oakes, in Brett's Conviction and Direction, and possibly above all, above all else, in the magnificent story based on one of the greatest novels of the 20th century, From Here to Eternity, By James Jones. The story deals with the lives and loves of GIs in Hawaii shortly before the Japanese raid on Pearl Harbor in 1941. The film version, starring Burt Lancaster, Deborah Carr, Frank Sinatra, Montgomery Clift, and Donna Reed, directed by Fred Zimmerman, picked up a host of Oscars in 1953. So as you can imagine, From Here to Eternity has been a pretty full-time occupation for me in the last few months. As has a musical I wrote with Sir Elton John, In 1999, Aida. This show ran for the best part of five years on Broadway at the beginning of the century, and to my delight and amazement, Elton and I won Tony's for the best Broadway score of 2000. This is the tale of war and struggles between Egypt and Nubia some 3,000 years ago, centred around the love affair of the Egyptian soldier Radames and the Nubian princess Aida. The part of Aida on Broadway was played by the wonderful Heather Headley, who also won a Tony for her contribution to the show. The producers of AIDA are Disney theatricals, who feel the time is right to bring the show to the United Kingdom. It's already played in Europe, in countries such as Germany, Holland and Estonia, as well as in Japan and Korea, and has done pretty well, so it's strange that we've never yet brought it to London. However, the cunning plan is to do so next year via an out-of-town, so to speak, production in Holland, where last time around, It was a big award-winning hit. I've spent a good deal of time in New York this year at a major AIDA workshop with a wonderful cast of distinguished and experienced Broadway actors, under the direction of Shelley Williams, who was in the original AIDA show as Nahepka. Her dad, James, incidentally, is the drummer and percussionist of the top funk and blues band, The Ohio Players. Under Shelley's command, we've restructured aspects of the show, both our songs and the script by David Henry Huang. It's unusual for a hit Broadway show, especially one written by two Brits, not to find a home in London's West End, but we hope this will be put to rights in a year or so. Here is a sensational Heather Headley singing Aida's big second-half soliloquy, Easy as Life.
1: This is the moment When the gods expect me to beg for help But I won't even try I want nothing In the world But myself To protect me And I won't lie down Roll over And die All I have to do is forget how much I love him. All I have to do is put my longing to one side. Tell myself that love's a never changing situation.
2: Passion would
1: have cooled and all the magic would have died. It's easy. All I have to do is pretend I never knew him on those very rare occasions when he steals into my heart. Better to have lost him when the ties were barely binding, better the contempt. Of the family, I cannot stop. It's easy, it's easy. Until I think about him as he was when I last touched him and how he would have been, why to be with him today. Those very rare occasions don't let up, they keep on calling. Throwing it away. It seems-
2: life from Aida. The third project from my past which is keeping me busy in the present is that dazzling problem child chess. This is not the time nor place for me to air my own views about what needs to be done beyond restating my conviction that the structure and interpretation as per the original 1984 studio album with Elaine Page, Tommy Korberg and Murray Head was by far and away the least complex version of the story. One of the problems of using an original fictitious tale as the basis of a musical is that there's no logical reason why the plot cannot be altered, and that rarely means improvement. This is not a difficulty I encountered with Evita or Jesus Christ Superstar. No director or producer suggested that Eva Peron recover from her illness and live to a ripe old age as a popular MP for Buenos Aires South. No director or producer came up with the idea that Jesus could be reprieved by Pontius Pilate and retired to set up a carpentry business in Jericho. Yet although my story for chess was inspired by actual events that involved such extraordinary characters as Bobby Fischer, Boris Spassky, CIA and KGB operatives, and their lives both on and off the chessboard, the story has often been dismissed as literally incredible. The only people who have consistently agreed that the musical is a truly believable portrait of the Queen's Gambit world are actual chess players. Grandmasters et al, including Anatoly Karpov, Ray Keane and Bill Hartston, all of whom helped me with background detail back in the early ages, before I'd written a word with Benny and Bjorn. To this day, I probably spend more time on chess than on any other musical. The fan following is intense and considerable, but we clearly have not yet delivered the perfect presentation. Maybe it's impossible, but the songs live on. Chess recently played three sell-out nights at the Drury Lane in London in a concert version directed by Nick Winston, and it was ecstatically received by the growing army of Chess Nuts. There is to be a one-off charity concert of the work in New York City in December, and we have serious positive offers for a Broadway opening sometime in 2023. We could hardly do worse than the first time round. Then we are also in discussions about a movie, a medium which I believe should suit this particular work admirably. Of course Chess has its faults but I'm not sure that the right ones are being identified. But I could be wrong. When I'm asked for musical writing advice, I always say, remember that no one knows anything. But if you know you know nothing, then you're ahead of the game. Here are those two peerless singers, Elaine Page and Tommy Korberg.
1: This is the one situation I wanted most to avoid Nothing I say will convince him it isn't a trick
0: A drink on a clear moonlit night I relax, she smiles There's something unpleasant going on
1: So with immaculate timing I'm left to carry the can.
0: Now she can't be working for them I mean us She seems so very straightforward But where is he?
1: He has to come back He wanted this meeting Well, didn't he?
0: Maybe he's scared Just as scared as he was in
1: his career I know I've done my best
0: well at least she's a good looking spy
1: what if my Russian friend thinks that my plan ago he was right here ready and waiting never mind him i
0: haven't missed him so far maybe it won't do any hard to struggle on without his child funny how Of
1: the mountain I won't care. This is the one situation I wanted most to avoid
0: My dear opponent I really can't imagine why So
1: I am not dangerous then What a shame
0: Oh, you're not dangerous Who could think that of you? You You are are so strange Strange. Why can't you you be what you you ought to be? be? You should be scheming, intriguing Too clever by half I have to hand it Oh, you managed to make me forget why I ever agreed to this farce.
1: I don't know why I
0: can't think of anything.
2: That was episode 65 of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud, written and introduced by me, Tim Rice, and produced by the evergreen Peter Hobbs.